Hello everyone and welcome to Fascinating Nouns, your stopping point for incredible people, places, things, and ideas. Here at this curious nexus point, we explore the strange, unusual, offbeat, bizarre, intriguing, interesting, invigorating, quirky, quaint, quizzical, weird, wild, wacky, the fun, the frivolous, and the fringe, plus all the things in between. I'm your host, Daniel J. Glenn. Have you ever looked at your hand? I mean, really looked at it, not just because you put your hand in some kind of weird wetness on the counter and you're not quite sure if you're going to get the plague. I mean, looked at it with the kind of awe and beauty that it deserves. Study the topography, the creases, the lines, the swirls, the mounds, and wondered what it all meant? It looks haphazard at best. I mean, if you're a criminal, your fingerprints are a liability. For an enlightened person, these are the roadmaps to a perfect life. Well, tonight I have one of those enlightened in Mr. Vernon Mulhobble of the Palmistry Institute in Los Angeles. Now, Vernon, I'm going to call the greatest palmist in the entire world, possibly the galaxy. He's going to talk a little bit about the deeper meanings, the, the hidden symbolism of the patterns in your palm. Vernon, thanks so much for being here, man. Thank you. So you're, I've been billing you as the top palmist in the country. Is this true? Do you guys have, <laughs> is there a ranking system, an official ranking system? <laughs> well, I'm not going to say anything about right. that. <laughs> You'll neither confirm nor deny those yeah, allegations. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, ex but I don't mind you doing that. <laughs> then I'll it, continue. As long as it comes from other people and not me. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, you did not give yeah. me this. This is not a paid advertisement. <laughs> uh, so, to explain for to some people who don't know what exactly is palmistry, because it's um, you know some people would think it's a, a soft science, but it's a, you know this is a, you 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 consider it a hard science. Like there's everything you see is. You know, there's a direct correlation between what you see and what, mm. what you can read, right? Is that correct? Yeah, palmistry is an astrological science. It's no different than if a, an astrologer sets up a chart. There's a, a direct correlation with the science of palmistry and the science of astrology. So, and it's, at the same time, the soul speaks through the agency of the hand. Uh, and the soul also comes with its own uh, directives and motivations. So the soul speaks its message through the lines and the, the signs and the symbols. And at the same time, there's an astrological chart uh, on the hand also in a very tangible, graphic way. So the hand's like a GPS chart. It's like a GPS type of mechanism. Like a so, roadmap. Yes, yeah, a roadmap. So when we look at the hand, we're using both uh, the soul speaking through the subtle body, uh, the subtle body meaning the mind and the intelligence, and and uh, and also we're looking at the astrological chart, which is I think a very hard science, as you're saying. Mm -hmm. And then uh, palmistry is, I would say, it's it's non different than astrology, but I would consider it a sister to astrology, as if palmistry was the sister and astrology was the brother, because the feminine side of palmistry is that palmistry lends itself to a little bit more psychic or uh, intuitive aspects. And I've seen in, in my practice and other people's practice that people who come to palmistry are generally a little bit more psychic or a little bit more interested in the intuitive world. 
whereas astrologers are more data freaks. <laughs> now, when you say come to, you mean do it as a profession instead of I want to get my poem read. Both. No, no. Actually, do it as a profession. Okay. Actually, uh, people who come to me who want to learn, they're definitely much more interested in the psychic world, the intuitive world, listening to their gut. They're a little bit more, uh, you know, of that feminine psychic quality than your average astrologer who is a little bit more mathematical or logical or analytical. And that's the masculine side. Yes, that would be the masculine side, which sometimes is a detriment to palmistry because a lot of palmists trust their intuitions and they don't take their time to learn their science. So it's a good, good news, bad news possibility. Whereas I have met astrologers, especially Vedic astrologers, who will say uh, the other side completely. They'll say that uh, intuition or psychic stuff plays no role in their charts. Hmm. Uh, they completely deny that whole aspect, which I think, I think is not a good methodology because your intuition only enhances what you're getting. It, you, you'll read what the planets are doing, you'll read their energies and what they're trying to portray in a person's life. Provided it's accurate. Provided it's accurate, right. <laughs> right. That's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I imagine that there has to be, um, you know, margin of error, you know, in, in yeah. using your gut. Yeah. Right? I mean, have you thought, I mean, have you calculated your margin of error if we're going to... I like, to, I, tell, I tell my clients and I tell my students that I don't like to say anything intuitively until I can back it up by what the planets are saying. So oh, it's okay. a kind of an aspect of being able to read around the planets and going further. But at the same time, I like to see that the planets are validating what I'm saying. Otherwise, I don't even say it. Right. And for hmm. years, I put my intuition on the side. I simply wanted to learn palmistry from a purely astrological aspect. So for like, I would say 12, 13, 14 years, even when I would get an intuition, I wouldn't even say it or think about it. I just cast it away. And then uh, I started getting readings by other people who were doing astrology or palmistry, and they were telling me, no, you've got to start using your intuition. Hmm. You, you know the books now, you know the science, it's time to let you know your gut feelings in, it's time to let your subconsciousness in. And a lot of times I felt like I didn't want to do that because there were so many people in my business that just, just did their, their readings based on intuition, and you know, they were wrong. Really? I mean, look at Sylvia Brown. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, she. I. Do you think she really used her intuition, though? I, no. Part of me thinks like she's I a think more she's entertainer a, than anything yeah, else. Yeah, she's an, she's good as an entertainer. Yeah. But I, if if she had intuition at all in the in the past, I'm yeah. not going to judge her on sure. that. I'm not saying she wasn't intuitive, but if she's going to make blanket statements like "your daughter is dead," right? You know, that's yeah. that's an unconscionable. Yeah. Now, no, for, you're right. for an astrologer or a palmist, because we th see everything in a very graphic and a very tangible way, that's it would be impossible. If you look at somebody's mom, if you look at a mom, you'll see if, if the kid's around or not. You don't need any intuition. Oh, is that true? Yeah. So going back to the one thing you said that was interesting was that you said the soul imprint. So is there I mean, is it almost like each individual soul, just to go on a little metaphysical tangent please, for a please. second. Yes, um, I like metaphysical. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm a novice, I'm a rube, so we'll just <laughs> pretend for a second. So you're say, so what I could you know, extrapolate from what you said is that each individual soul would essentially put its fingerprint and that would be your fingerprints. Could mm. that be, could, I mean, could yeah. you say something similar to that? Yeah. The, the soul, according to the Vedic view, is eternal. 
There's a Sanskrit uh, verse, nityo nityanam chaitanas chaitananam. And the, this Sanskrit oh. verse means the soul is you eternal. You don't have to explain that to me. I know yeah. what Sanskrit yeah. is. Yeah. The soul is eternal. I caught all that. And uh, the symptom of the soul is, 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 and most people who are into New Age understand the, the soul is eternal, and the symptom of the soul is consciousness. But according to the Vedic view, the symptom of consciousness is pure emotion. And that pure emotion is, this is why love and those intangible things such as love and emotions and feelings are so intangible, but actually the most powerful forces in the, in the world. Mm. Um, and then the, four, the, the, the aspect of emotion, the purest aspect of emotion is individuality. So the soul is purely an individualistic um, entity. Every soul is completely different, individualistic. Mm. Uh, the Vedas say that Vishnu, God, the God Vishnu, created every single soul in this universe, whether they're in the, the body of a worm or a, a tree or a human being, a bird. Every soul has a distinct individual nature. And that's so that we can interact with, with, with the Supreme Lord in, a, in that individualistic way. Mm -hmm. In other words, we do something for the Supreme Lord in our individualistic nature that can never be replaced by any other. And even though there's trillions of billions, uncountable souls, yeah. we, are, we are so individualistic that there's, we satisfy the Supreme Lord in a way that can never be replaced by any other soul. And that's love. So the whole simp there's no love unless there's there's individuality. Because the way you'll show love to the people that you love is purely individualistic. It can't be replaced. That's that's interesting. So, I didn't think about that. That's yeah, a the the soul is not just some orb or something. You remember how when I was growing up, there was these cartoons and you would sing along and there was, you know, s uh, you know, follow the bouncing yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, m most people have this conception that the soul is some little lifeless, like some kind of life orb. And it looks like, you know, something that just created a crop circle, but it's not. It actually <laughs> has a form. In the spiritual world, it has a form. Huh. It, yeah. it, 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 in the spiritual world, it could be a bird, like a human being, anything, but it has a form. And that form is pure emotion. It's pure, it's what's called in Sanskrit, prem. Prem means love, or bhakti is another word for that. There's no equivalent word in the, in the English language. But prem, or bhakti, reflects the individual nature of, of a soul's love. Hmm. It's not that there's just one aspect of unconditional love, because that's impossible. The, there cannot be, un, there can never be all oneness. We're not all one. Because if, if I was to buy a watch, that doesn't mean you're going to buy a watch. We're all, we're all different. Right. So this idea of oneness, of consciousness, is, 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 is bogus. Um, because somebody may be, you know, living in Beverly Hills, love, you know, enjoying life, and somebody might be in Watts, you know, having struggles. Yeah. So this idea of, of oneness is, is a big sham created by the New Age movement who don't actually realize that, that, that the soul is, is, is pure individualistic emotion. Huh. And then when, when we're liberated from this material world, the soul becomes full of its, 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 its entity is full of bhakti. It's, 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 it's every aspect of the soul is, is, is love. But while we're in this material world, we're, we're covered by this, this uh, delusional energy called maya. And it makes us feel we are 
we are one with this material world. In other words, hmm. we're this body, we're Americans, we're Germans, we're, we're worms, we're human beings like that. Yeah. So the human form of life is the only form of life that where one can attain God realization. So it's a rare form of life. It's, it, even though we may say, hey, I don't know, there's six billion human beings on this planet. Yeah. It sounds like a lot, but if you look at the number of insects and birds and worms and trees on this planet, it's insignificant. <laughs> it really is. No, that's true. I mean, just in insects alone, one species of insect yeah. usually has six billion. Exactly, so, so but, I, and I look at animals' hands here and there, and I don't see lines and stuff on dogs' hands or cats' hands or even, you know, apes' hands. Um, and the soul speaks its message through the hand purely for self-realization. Hmm. That's what this, the human form of life is according to the Vedic view, according to my view. The, the human form of life is meant for God-realization, it's meant for self-realization, it's meant to understand who we are, what we're doing on this world, what we're doing in this world, what our purpose in life is. Hmm. So that's why the human being is the only entity on this planet that has lines and symbols and configurations so that we can understand ourselves. Hmm. So that's uh, um, that makes I mean it makes a lot of sense. So you have read animals poems and I've looked at animals. There's, anything, there's actually that. a book called Paul Mystery P A W, and I and that came out like in 2001. <laughs> that's and true. A, that really is. Yeah, this woman was trying to show that you know cats had yeah. lines or you can understand, but it made no sense to me. You know, <laughs> and uh, it was an interesting book. I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to say anything against it because it was funny. Yeah. But no, there's no lines on cat's palms. <laughs> I like that you do your homework. That's good. <laughs> I read everything. Yeah, got to get your competitors. I, man. Yeah, I, I, I read everything. Got to know what they're up to. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> really quick, the Vedic view is that the um, is that the, an Indian view? Is like yeah, that's view? that's the prevailing view in the Indian subcontinent. Vedic means knowledge. In the word, the Vedic or Veda means knowledge or transcendental knowledge in Sanskrit. Um, so when you, when you, just going back to the metaphor as a road map, because I, I, I like, I want to just expound upon this a little bit. I think this is a good metaphor. When you look at a hand, you can kind of see where people are going. I mean, you're just looking at just the lines. Are you looking at uh, the, what, I mean, is it the whole hand, the fingers, nails, and that whole thing? Or Yeah, in other words, when I look at a hand, the basic idea I want to come up with is to give the person sitting in front of me an idea, a very, very thorough and detailed idea of why they came into this lifetime, what they're here to accomplish, what their talents are, what their abilities are, and how to become fulfilled. What, are, what is their heart's desire? So I never really point out anything in the hand that I've seen other palmists do. Sometimes they'll say, well, or astrologers, they'll say, you have the moon crashing into Saturn and you know this kind of stuff. I don't like that asterisk speak as I call it. And I don't like to point anything out on the hand in a mechanical way. But what I do is let a person know these are your talents. This is what you came into life, oh, you know, previous oh. life with. These are this is what you should work on. And um, my goal is to give people insight and awareness into what avenues to go down, what avenues to avoid. Uh, how they can become more happy human beings. Uh, so if we were to compare a hand to like a GPS signal, yeah. so we, we know where the blue dot is, that's where they are. Yeah. So, so you're looking at like the map 
and you can see where their current their tr current trajectory is taking them. Yes. And you can say, well, actually, I know a better way to get there. Yes. Uh, you know, don't take, don't ever take the 405 South. Why don't yeah. you go? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Take so the you, 93. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you can do that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there, there's a common idea of nurture versus nature, uh -huh. which is more important. Uh -huh. Well, to an astrologer, to an a palmist the idea of nature is so much more important. It's 90% hmm. because if the soul is eternal, we've had, a, you know, countless lives. Uh, we've been in this material world since time immemorial. Mm -hmm. So, and usually there's no, no need to read a hand more than three or four lifetimes uh, before that. It's, it, you can get everything out of the last three lifetimes. Wait, hold on. Let me pause yeah. for a second. So you could you can read previous lifetimes in the hand. Yeah. Really? How, yeah. how does that work? Is it like painting over a, a painting where you can kind of see what was under it before? Yeah, or? yeah. Because you want to look at where the person came from. It's kind of like looking at a tree. Yeah. We don't we don't see the roots. Sometimes the root system could be three or four times bigger than what we see uh, here. Right. But that root system is the is exactly in alignment with how the rest of the tree is going to grow. Uh -huh. You know, the, the the roots form the the entire basis and the, the security and the stability of the tree, mm -hmm. you see. So in the same way, this is why little Johnny wants to play guitar when he's seven years old. He's just totally attracted to it. Mm. And his parents might be a, law a lawyer or, or, or a diplomat. What he wants to do usually has no relationship to, you know, why would he want a guitar at seven years old? Because he played it in his previous life. So our talents and our abilities, they remind us, the soul reminds us of what we were, what we were on the path of doing. So that's why we're naturally attracted to certain um, careers or interests, because we were doing this in a previous lifetime. That's why uh, the idea that nature is more important than just nurture also, because sometimes you can have parents that were not really good parents and the kid turns out good mm. or vice versa. Right. It's it, it, the the idea of having um, having good parents or a good school system does not guarantee that a kid's going to have a good nature or, or, or be integritous. Right. Um, so what, which, what we're doing in palmistry is looking at previous lives to see what they assimilated for maybe two, three, four, five lifetimes, which is much more powerful than just the lifetime in this life, yeah. you see. Yeah, so you're getting a pattern of their You're getting behavior. a pattern, right. Sure. So in the same thing with the GPS system, even without making any predictions, which I do all the time, because there are certain karmas that are going to happen to a person. If they're going to win the lottery, that will show. If they're going to be without a job for five months, that will show. Hmm. If they're going to get married at a certain time, that will show. If they're going to be without a girlfriend for five months or five years, that will show. So we can make predictions on that. But we can also make predictions just looking at what the person has done over time in, in their life. In other words, just by looking at their, their, their character or their nature or the, the activities that have um, formed them and, and how they have interacted with those activities, we can make prediction just based on that, Yeah, you see. Do and we're not just looking at this lifetime, we're looking at previous lifetimes also. Right. This, this, is, this is why I have to look at previous lifetimes because we tend to make the same mistakes over and over. Those are situations where we didn't wrap them up in the previous life, mm -hmm. you see. Yeah, I've, I've heard that before. Well, so let me ask you this. I, I'm, I always like to bill myself as a, uh, an open-minded skeptic. 
So I don't I like always, that. I don't always, I'm always open to the idea that something's accurate. But especially when we get into the realms of any kind of future seeing, whether it's astrology, palmistry, um, just general intuitive abilities. I've never found anyone that's ever kind of blown me away, just, mm. which is kind of why I enjoy talking to people because I believe the, the abilities out there. I've just never seen it, you know. Right. Um, so when it comes to palmistry, I'm, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and say that what you do is accurate. Yeah. If that's true, then it would be kind of scary and weirdly exposing if you read someone's palm and you could kind of see everything about them. You know, things that they keep hidden, you know, tendencies that they have. You know, not necessarily dark and evil stuff, but just like things, you're kind of stripping them down bare and you're kind of looking at them naked like they're exposed. You know, is that is that kind of the... Well, my I mean, do people get my, uncomfortable my, with that? My job is not to make people uncomfortable. Well, no, but I mean, it's, an, it's my, a, you know what I mean? Like, it's a symptom of yeah, what you're doing. And, and a lot of times people come to me, you know, at a party or social gathering, and they say, what do you see? What do you, what do you tell people if you see something bad? Yeah. And I tell them... Uh, I say what's bad in the hand is if they're in the wrong job, uh, they're with the wrong girl or guy, and if they're living in the wrong area. Hmm. And so this idea of like stripping down people naked is an idea of I need to be able to do that to be able to put people on the right path. And that's not, that's not a negative thing because I'm seeing the soul in its pure form um, according to what they should be doing rather than what they shouldn't be doing. Well, I wasn't suggesting it was bad. I mean, a doctor has to look at you naked if they want right. to, you know, test your yeah, whatever. exactly. I mean, so it's not a bad thing, but I mean, I think when you go to a doctor, you expect that. You know yes. that they're going to, you got to tell them, you know, if you've ever had you know, any kind of problems, you know, right. if you currently have an STD or you have right. hemorrhoids or, you know. You, you want to know. know. They have to know and it's, they got to write it down and it's in a big permanent You bank. don't want to know, but right. it's better <laughs> but you gotta, to do that. <laughs> right, yeah. But like with a palmist, you know, it's not even so much the physical ailments, which are sometimes you can't help it, but you're talking about the essence of them that you're looking at that even they may not be aware of. So right. I wasn't suggesting you're making someone feel uncomfortable on purpose, but, but not Knowledge is power. Sure. All you basically, I would say, I would say a good 25 to 30 percent of people come to me simply because they're in a bad astrological time and everything they do is just turning to, to not, you know, to dirt. Mm. Whereas maybe seven years before that, everything they did, they were making money. Every mm. every time they turned around, you yeah. know, things would happen. And a lot of times, people come to me because that's not happening maybe for the last two years or five years or something they're just having you know a string of bad luck and if i was to tell them okay it's going to be over in july of 2014 because you're going to go through a mercury period you're in a really bad period now and that's usually that's all they need to hear that it's going to end yeah so my job so to speak is just to let people know what they should be doing so that they don't waste time or just give them some type of of um, of future knowledge so that they can get some solace and some peace mm. and actually when people come to me for a reading many times people will say okay don't sugarcoat it I want to hear everything mm. I want to hear the good news bad news in a party or a social gathering, if somebody says, can you look at my hand? Usually I try not to. I just give them my card. <laughs> but, but, um, but, you know. You don't do this without getting paid, right? Well, <laughs> it's, also, Show me the money. it's also because it's not an entertainment. 
Yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. if I'm going to look at somebody's hand, I want to be able to look at that hand for 15, 20 minutes before right. I say a word. Sure. Because you're looking at a human being. You're looking at someone who who has been through many, many lifetimes of difficulties and struggles and happiness and fulfillments. And I want to be able to give them an integritous reading. I don't want to just make some quick pronouncement. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to, I mean, first of all, there's 12 planets and 12 houses and 12 signs and fixed stars and all kinds of constellations. And you have to, just to make one pronouncement, you have to look at, at uh, maybe 300 different things before you say anything. Wow. So that's why I don't like to give uh, fragmentary readings because yeah. it's not, to me, it's not integritous. Yeah. It's not the way I want to portray palmistry. Yeah. I want to portray palmistry, and that's why I started my school because, to be honest with you, in the world of astrology, astrologers have worked very hard, and I give them a lot of credit. Uh, because they have, they have, like I say, they've worked very hard to portray their science as credible mm -hmm. and esteemed. And palmists have not. Only, only within the last ten years, there have been a few palmists around around the Western world that I think are good. But probably I would say there's ten. The rest of them, I, I think most of them are frauds. Hmm. Whereas I don't see that in the astrological world. I see that in the astrological world, most people who make it their business. They're not wearing turbans sitting with a crystal ball. They right. try to portray their, their science as, as an esteemed, credible, respectable science. Yeah. And that's what I try to do, and that's why I would never really like, I don't like to read hands at parties or social gatherings yeah. and give them quick readings because it doesn't portray the science in a dignified way. Yeah. And, it's, and palmistry is something that you don't just look at one thing in the hand. Oh, your line goes to Jupiter, so you're like that. Mm -hmm. that's, that's how not to read a hand. And right. that's why palmists have got such a bad reputation. But because they look at one thing in isolation and they make a whole big deal about it. Plus, most of them don't even know what that line means to begin with. Uh. For instance, most people think of palmistry, when they think of palmistry, they think of the lines and they think it's everything. Or yeah. they think the lifeline, and I can't tell you how many times people That's have That's a big one, the lifeline, yeah. Yeah, oh, I'm going to die, uh, some palmist said <laughs> I was going to die at 35. And the lifeline has nothing to do with the length of life. Uh -huh. It has nothing to do with having anything to do with longevity. It has everything to do with relationships and kids and that type of thing. Yeah. So they're not only reading the, li the, the line wrong, but they also say that it start. most people say it starts at the very top of the forefinger. It actually doesn't. It starts from the bottom of the hand and moves up. Oh, really? Yeah. And that affects, I mean, how you read it affects, because I mean, just as a, I've, you know, did a little research before I came to talk to you. So when, you, when you're predicting, like, when things happen in life, it's kind of an arbitrary based on the length of the line and, yeah. like, I guess this is about where 35, and when you've done it enough, you're able to be a little yeah. more accurate, but that's kind of how it works, like how yeah. far up the line Well, lines happens. to me, pref I, and I've, I've told this to other palmists, and they're astounded. Lines to me form maybe 10 to 12% of my entire reading. Hmm. I hardly look at the lines. That's, I, didn't, I didn't realize it was that. Yeah, the lines are not that important in palmistry. Um, and most palmists base their whole study on, on, on their lines, and most of them don't even know what the lines mean. You know, the, the, the practice of palmistry has really fallen into, uh, uh, you know, disrepair over the last, <laughs> I don't know, 200 years. 
<laughs> it really has. But there are there is a class of practitioners that have been coming up over the last 10, 20 years that are trying to make the science dignified again. But we're way behind our astrological brethren. Yeah. But I'm hoping that we'll get there in you know 10 or 20 years. Well, you do have a great reputation. So, I mean, that's definitely a well, start. Thank you you. got to start locally, right? Yeah, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> well, now, how did you start? I mean, how did this whole thing come about for you? Were you reading poems as a kid? Were you, um, did it kind of come about? How did it kind of? I, I, you know, I, a lot of times people ask me, is this a gift? Mm -hmm. And I'll say, no, I'm attracted to it. I always have been. Uh, I've studied really hard. I've, I've had two teachers and, uh, or, and I've, I've worked with them for about 12 years. But that, and of course I'm reading everybody else's book. I go to astrological conventions. I read astrology books. I'm always studying. To mm. me this, this, this is my research. This is mm. what I enjoy doing. So is it a gift? No. But am I, am I in tune with it? Am I attracted to it? Is it easy for me? Yes, it is actually. Um, astrological co concepts according to the hand is easy. Mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't mean I haven't studied it. And right. that doesn't mean that I haven't put the time and the effort into it. Um, and it is my calling. Um, but yeah, when Have you I read that in your hand that it's your calling? Um, or has someone else read it? Both. Both? Both, yeah. It's really hard to be objective about your own life. Sure. I mean, we're not like car mechanics. Right. You know, we can't <laughs> fix our own car. Right, yeah. You know, and people at, tell me that all the time. You know, like, how come you can't read your own hand? Well, yeah. because I'm too close to it. It's too subjective. Yeah. It's easy for me to read someone I've never met before. Yeah. You know, it's even harder for me sometimes to read a friend who I've never read, you know, his or her hands before. Because I've got these preconceptions of the way, you know, they are sure but then when I look at the hand half the time I'm really I thought Jane was like that it turns out she's like this but know? that's that thing I'm telling you about that that's the <laughs> weird like being exposed like you know especially because you live pretty close to LA people like to have one face you know you're oh, people love exposure here yeah. no, no, that, <laughs> a different type of exposure but you know people have one face and then when you read it you're like wait you're not like that at all you're actually a terrible person you know? <laughs> or, or you're 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 why are you like this you're such a nice you have such a nice demeanor how come you have to be like this you know for your job or whatever yeah. like there's got to be that weird little it, thing it's not there. it's not what you say it's how you say it yeah. If someone gen genuinely wants a reading and they want to improve their life and they, they, they want to live positively, they, people will, will accept what you say mm -hmm. because you're not telling them anything bad or good. You're just telling them what is. Right. If, I, if I was to tell, for instance, I would, if Matilda was sitting in front of me and I said, Matilda, you're not really here to be a secretary. You're here to be an interior decorator. Mm -hmm. She's, she's going to take that as yes. Okay, how do I get there? Mm -hmm. She may have said, hey, when I was 17, 18, 19 years old, this is what I wanted to do, but my parents told me to do something else, and I got my degree, and I'm still not happy. Mm -hmm. So when people hear the truth about who they are, they actually feel liberated. They feel validated. Like they resonate with it that resonate. They feel yeah. it in their bones. I don't tell anybody things that they don't feel. Yeah. When I'm giving somebody a reading that... And anyone who's actually genuine in what they're doing, if they know their science, yeah. an astrologer or a palmist, they will feel, the client will feel, wow, I feel this. Yeah. I, 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 I'm in tune with this. It's, it's not, I've had many people over the years tell me, this is not something I'm, I, I don't know about myself.
It's only I'm validating them so they can have some strength to do what they need to do to become that interior decorator. So many times people tell me stuff like that. Oh, I've always felt this for many years. Yeah. And you're just, you're just giving me some validation. Yeah. But um, yeah, when I was in high school, I, I bought a, I, no, I didn't buy the, it was in a, it was in a library called On Reading Hands. It was yeah. the first palmistry book I ever got. It was like, I think it was nine, uh, uh, ninth grade, 10th grade. And then, you did a nice job circling back. I was going to say like, hey, yeah. we got how did you start? We got to get yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. Nice job. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, then I read the book and I was a little fascinated. I started reading Hands in high school and then I put that aside for a while and I got into the music business. I did like a soundboard. I hung out with all these like kind of like metal hardcore bands and I was kind of doing a lot of PR within them. But I kind of just... I, you know, it wasn't really a career. It was just something I was making a little bit of money here and there. And I was reading Hands, you know, a little bit. And then I met this guy named... You, you did at the same time you were reading Hands. A little bit, just because yeah. just I was Stay interested active. in it. Yeah, yeah. Just, but I wasn't really thinking of, of it as a career. I was just enjoyed doing it. Mm -hmm. And then I met um, in the 80s this guy named Patrick Jeffroy. Uh, who was sitting at a table on St. Mark's Place on Astor Street, mm -hmm. and he was... In New York. In New York, yeah, in New York City, in the village, the East Village. And I used to see him every day, because that was like where, you know, all my, my mates used to hang out. And, um, uh, and right in this, right in this, uh, in front of this clothing store called Trash and Vaudeville, it's still there. Still there? It's still there, yeah. <laughs> Is so he still there? <laughs> he's not, no. Yeah. But yeah, he had just had a palmistry table, and I used to see him every day. And finally, I got up the courage to just say, what are you doing? I came to it as a skeptic, too. Even though uh -huh. I was like occasionally reading hands, still I was a skeptic. I was yeah. like you, because... Uh -huh. uh, because I think that's the healthy thing. It's healthy to be a skeptic, but yeah. not skeptic enough that you try to deny everything. Right. I mean, even Einstein said 90% of what is real cannot be seen by our five senses. That's that was Einstein true, yeah. actually said imagination and intuition were more valuable than logic and reason. Oh, yeah. That makes and he's people don't realize he was kind of. I mean, he came up with quantum physics and relativity. Yeah. I mean, that's not you know. The, sometimes the math doesn't even add up for that stuff. Yeah, people don't true. realize that that's kind of it's true. ethereal for a scientist. And at the very know. end, he became a Christian. He said, "There's got to be a God." Right. It, he doesn't play dice. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Oh, I know my Einstein. You do. I yeah. know my Einstein. No, I, I respect the man. He's amazing. He really was. He really was amazing, and. Um, so then I asked, you know, I, I, I ended up just making friendship with him. I used to sit at his table, watch him read hands, and I was completely amazed um, uh, how much information uh, he could give someone in 15, 10, 10, 15 minute reading. And people would walk away from his table astounded and they'd be happy. It wouldn't, that be, it wouldn't just be, wow, I can't believe you got that from my hand type of thing. It was more like, wow, you gave me more information than any, you know, counselor, or guidance counselor, or therapist, or whatever. Uh, and I was, it proved itself to me. Did he read yours, and did, was it yeah. like an aha moment, or was the, did, did that come later on? I mean, did About he like, me? yeah, did he like read your hand and nail you, and you're like, wow, no. this is... No, I don't remember him re ever reading my hand. Oh, no kidding? No, I don't remember anything he told me about myself. He was really hard with me. Really? Like he, yeah. He's he, a hard teacher. Yeah, very hard, yeah. So like, and like, what do you mean when, like, like he, uh... Like he, for instance, he would, he would, he would read a hand at, at the table, and I've, I would spend so many of my, so much of my time just um, going to his house at night and just hanging out with him, watching him do readings, 
you know, I would always try to gather information from him because yeah. he was like a font of knowledge, you know. Yeah. And all his clients were like the Lower East Side. In that Lower East Side, they were all like the 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 punks of the day. Mm -hmm. I mean, right. I remember Blondie, what's Deborah Harry coming? All mm -hmm. that whole, you know, uh, what's her name? Um, I used to see uh, what's her name, uh, Deborah. Um, I can't remember Tina Weymouth from uh, uh, from the I used to see all those kind of yeah. bands, so kind of new age type of bands, yeah. punk bands. You know, they're uh, all coming through with that. They're all they all came to him. Yeah, you know, so he had like a pretty big clientele at that time. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, that must have been fun in and of itself. You were into music. I mean, yeah. To, I mean, as me a side those, kind to of. To me, those bands in those days were just like the low. They, you know, they would just play at like you know CBs or something like that, and it wasn't <laughs> yeah. like they were just like neighborhood bands to me. Right. The fact that the Talking Heads became big, right. I could. What? Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I w I wish the Ramones had. You know, now they're popular now, but right. I mean, they were just like, you know, I would see them every now and then at the Limelight or like that but um yeah they were just like local bands to me some of these bands became huge yeah that's very true like uh what's her name annie lennox i used to see her all the time no kidding all the time and so she had her palm red and yeah wow yeah so every, you just you just sucked in all this you just absorbed yeah, everything yeah but you know the interesting thing is every entertainer every every entertainer every financier every ceo has their palmister astrologer no kidding nobody just, just people just don't talk about it is that really true? You I know, mean, like Ronald Reagan. Was, Ronald that was a Reagan. That's a big thing. Ronald Reagan had that woman. Uh, you know, it was a big Nancy revelation. Was, yeah. yeah. What, her, him too. Oh, he had. Well, they, he had they didn't yeah, use the same. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Um, what was her name? I forgot her name. But anyway, it was no revelation to astrologers and palmists. Everybody has palmists and astrologers they retain. Hmm. It's common. I didn't know it's that. just that they don't, you know, blab it out into the right, world. Right. Now in England or Germany, they do. They'll just say, "Oh, I want to consult with my palmist or astrologer." Because the thing is, in other countries, such as the European nations, the Middle Eastern nations, African nations, especially Japan and China, um, astrology and palmistry and metaphysics is part of their culture. It's part of their cultural fabric. Mm -hmm. It's never been that in America. It's always been hidden. Like yeah. all of our presidents are Masons. In, in mm. fact, July 4th is coming up. They, they put together that date because of an astrological, you know, uh, auspicious time. Right. They waited a few days. They had a few astrologers look at that date and say, okay, when is the best time for the birth of our nation? Hmm. When, when do we sign this? Just like, just like at the time you're born, at the time of you're born, that, that natal chart, your whole life is going to be according to that natal chart. It's the same with the United States. Right. The Founding Fathers came up with that July 4th date. They already had the declaration. Everything was ready, set, and go. But they waited to that July 4th and at a particular time also. Really? They had a few astrologers all look at this particular date to see if, if it was auspicious to begin a nation. Huh. You see, so numerology t plays a big part in this. Do you know? I mean, do you know numerology? I like numerology. Do you? It, but it's very general. But it's it's real. Yeah. It's very real. The vibration, energy, the yeah. Numbers. But with a palm, it's like you you can you can look at a numerological chart and say, okay, a person is born on the third, so they're going to be an entertainer, or mm. or their life chart is a three, so they're going to be an entertainer. They're going to be good good with people. But with astrologer or palmistry, you could tell what kind of an entertainer they will oh, be. Right. It's much more accurate, more accurate or more specific. Mm -hmm. um,
But so, you know, staying with Patrick, I learned with him for five years and I yeah. learned the Western astrological system. Okay. And then I went to India many times. I've been to India like 12, 13 times mm. and I've studied the Vedic system. Yeah. And that's exactly what's happening in the Western world. All the, the, the some of the worst palmists and worst astrologers I've ever met were in India. They're even worse <laughs> than what we have here. Really? And they have the earliest, the greatest astrological system in the world. You think it's better than the Western system? No, it's it, it has its merit. Okay. I'm never going to say Vedic what? is better than Western. It's the same system, only it's it's a different type of system. Okay. You know, the Mayans used Jupiter, uh, uh, no, they used Venus as their focal point. Uh -huh. The Western system, we use the sun. The, mm -hmm. the Vedic system, they used the moon. And the Chinese system, they used Jupiter. I They're all wow. important for that type of, of society. Wow, but I mean, but that throws, I mean, you know, there's a big difference between, I mean, from a mathematical standpoint, when Galileo decided we were a heliocentric, yes. sun-centered system, yes. that was a big deal. I mean, because yes. before the earth was the center, so every chart was based, the math was based on earth being the center. Yes. So even from, you know, those types of systems, if you're Jupiter, there's, you know, the concentric circles and the energy is very different. If that's the center, you know, the calibration's off, isn't it? I know how. What Am I getting saying, too heady? No, Am I no, going no, too no, deep no. with this? What you're saying holds up for science, but it doesn't yeah. hold up for the as aspects of of dealing with the planetary energies that deal with human nature and character. That's mm. different. Okay. What you're saying is true for scientific paradigms. What it, mm. it it doesn't really have an application. We we see the planets in a very different scope. Okay. For instance, if if the Mayans had had Venus as their as their um, th their main planet, it doesn't. It, it was more of a cultural thing. Okay. It doesn't mean that they only saw Venus, and they didn't use the other planets. Mm. In other words, our cultures are are completely different based on, of course, our desires from previous lifetimes, and also the planets impelling us to do certain things. Um, I use the Vedic chart because it's very accurate for timing purposes. I use the Western chart because it's very accurate for psychological and character analysis. Mm -hmm. in, in, in the Eastern world, uh, the, the mind and psychology and all this kind of stuff is just temporary. It's illusion. It's not seen. Really? You know, India, for in instance, does not produce psychologists and therapists and counselors. They see it as like what's called Maya or illusion. They just see it as very temporary. It's not important. What they see is as important is philosophy. Huh. You see, yeah. So, so many of the the early German philosophers, such as Hegel uh, and like that, they went to India to study the Vedic system, uh, the Vedic philosophy, because they saw it 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 it, it um, was beyond the mind. It was more it was more transcendental. Whereas then you had a class of philosophers like Carl Jung and Freud who who dispensed with that and became more Western. Uh -huh. you see in their approach which is the more psychological approach right. both are important yeah both are important you can't discount one it's just that psychologically to understand a person psycho psychologically a vedic chart does not help very much because 5000 years ago is when the earliest vedic texts came into play there's a, there's actually a a a, Ved, a vedic palmistry uh, text called the Hast hmm. Samudraka Shastra. Shastra actually means scripture. Hmm. It means scripture. scripture. And Hast means hand and Samudraka means the study of light. So it hmm. means that these sciences such as Jyotish, Jyotish, if you say you're a, uh, if you say you're an astrologer, everybody knows what that means. In the hmm. in the Vedic world, the astrologer is called a Jyotish. 
and Jyotish means science of light, divine science of light. Mm -hmm. So these sciences are sciences of light, they're divine. Mm. And these planetary influences, in the Vedic view, they say that Vishnu, the, the supreme personality of Godhead Vishnu, he created all these planets, so they're his energy. If he created them, they're his energy. Right. So this 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 light coming from the planets, which which has hum, which 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 um, has influence over human nature and character and the destiny of 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 of, of the world. Actually, this is this is Vishnu's. This is his his energies. So mm. all we have to do is read it to see where we're going. Right. So the idea here is that the culture of Vedic India or the culture of the Eastern world, the culture of the, 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 the Oriental world is very different than the culture of the uh, Occidental world. Mm -hmm. And you know, you speak in terms of like 5,000 years ago, people were very different 5,000 years ago. People were very different 10,000 years ago. Yeah. People are very different. I mean, the, the way we think now, even 100 years ago yeah. is, is um, so true. you have to take into account which planets are much more influencing yeah you see yeah but I know what you're talking about the heliocentric and all that kind of thing but uh, there's a different science when it comes to the science of reading the stars I guess that, that makes sense I mean it's more of where you started where your emphasis is that maybe influences the culture yeah. better I guess that makes sense. when we look when you look at a chart you also take into account the culture that they're in mm -hmm. but you also look at where their planets are mm. you see yeah now that makes um, that makes sense um, Speaking of cultural differences, there's one thing you brought up, um, not to go totally off topic, but I want to get this because I thought it was interesting. You, um, at, in, in the industry you're in, yeah. um, Palmist, you guys, um, t you guys have what, like handprints of his celebrities and historical figures and this, like trading cards yeah. kind of thing. Is that, <laughs> yeah. is that true? Yeah. Is this, yeah. Yeah. How does that work? Tell me a little bit about yeah, this. This is kind of cool. Okay, that's interesting. Well. Um, Although a lot of it is 2020, like when you read Hitler's yeah. palm, I mean, yeah. obviously, oh yeah, I knew he was going to do that, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, how do you, uh, yeah. does that work like Trading that? Trading cards, that's cool. Now, if you were to just look at, at, at uh, if you... Uh, if you were to look at a, a, a palmist or an astrologer, you'll, you'll see that they collect charts. They, we collect handprints and in the, and, um, because you learn so much from them. Uh -huh. For instance, if you, even, even if you look at a palm of 40, 50 years ago, let's say somebody was you know, born in what they call the greatest generation, like my dad's generation. Sure, yeah. You know, their palms are whole, completely different than our palms, completely. Uh, as a, as like a generation? Instance, you know, as a generation. I mean... You know, people in the 1910s, 20, they stayed, they stayed in the same job if they could for their whole life. Yeah. Who does that now? Yeah. If someone says, oh, I've been in the same job for seven years, people say, really? Yeah, like seven years. Yeah, wow. you okay? What's the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> My dad stayed, he worked for, for uh, Social Security. He was, that was his whole job for his entire career. Yeah. You, you, don't, you know, just, just in that aspect, looking at, 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 at hands 50 years ago, you see so many differences. E even, even they, they were so much, they were, they, they were such a different generation. Would they be able to use cell phones and this and mm. that? Yeah, you know, just like my friend, um, my friend was telling me that our kids, they can just completely redesign a cell phone or they could figure things out on the internet. You <laughs> right. know, I, we, I don't have the brain for it, <laughs> you know? And um, they, their minds are attuned to that. Yeah. So you see, for instance, the, the generation that I call the Apple generation, all those you know, 20, 30-year-old people, they had a mind for this type of right. uh, you know, technological science. You, um, and they enjoyed it. Um, uh, you know, my, I'm, I'm of the 80s generation. A lot of us 
don't enjoy it as much. We have to use it. It's yeah. like, you know, it's like working with the devil for us, but we have to, <laughs> you have to use it. Right. You know, I don't have a mind that like my son, he could just figure everything out. Yeah. So, you know, we're born according to our desires and what we deserve in a previous life. And we're, all, we're also are born according to generations to in, 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 to be able to inculcate whatever that 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 um, culture is going to be like. So, if you looked at um, palms like from further back, I yeah, mean, like every, older every, ones, every, or even celebrities, every good like palmist has like collections. I mean, I have you know. What do you have? What do you have? Heavy in your collection. <laughs> you name it. Really? I you have collect a big collection. them like a like a trading card. No yeah. kidding. Yeah, I mean, I. In, in the old days, you know how they used to make handprints? It's very interesting. They used to have this wax paper. Okay. And what they used to do is, and I'm talking about in the 1800s, uh -huh. uh, I'm going back. What they would do is this is a wax paper, and they would put somebody's hand on top of the piece of paper, and they would put a candle under it. Okay. On, you know, not so close right, that it right. would bur but burn. But just to melt but, the wax. And, and, and it, it would actually, the hand, the fingerprints, the lines, everything would leave a little bit of an imprint on it. Oh. You know, previous to that, they would just use like India ink, and they that's would what just I thought. Ink it. seems like yeah, yeah the yeah. easiest that way was, to do it. And then, um, and then I figure out a way to do it with lipstick. <laughs> there was this, there was this one woman. I remember it was like I think it was like 1982 or 83. Mm -hmm. She lived in upper upper the Upper West Side, mm -hmm. and she was a chocolate. Uh, she she bought cocoa beans. Like she would she she sold um, she sold. Um, uh, units of cocoa beans to larger companies, not like Hershey's or Mars or anything like that, but to lo to like the you know the more artesian brands. This was like mm -hmm. '82 or '83. Not only that, she was a, she was the a, uh, the head of a witch's coven in New York, one of the most prestigious witches co coven. Is you I even heard of them. Really? They're, yeah, she was like the head priest. Not only that, she was running for political office. What? In that Manhattan, didn't come up. Manhattan. People get weird so about that. So wait a second. So I said to myself, Jesus Christ, it's nine o'clock <laughs> at night. There's no Kinkos or Staples or anything. No, there was no Kinkos anyway. Right, but there was yeah. no, I didn't know what to, I needed a handprint of this woman's hand for, just for my collection. Yeah. What the hell am I going to do? Yeah. And I just had this eureka moment. I said, do you have any lipstick? She said, what do you want lipstick for? I said, I want to take an imprint of your hand. And and she, she and had put it on her hand. Uh, yes, yeah, she put Lancome on her hand. She yeah, had a great Lancome. Yeah, it's that's expensive the best brand. Stuff. Yeah, as you said, it's not yeah, cheap. Yeah, well, she wasn't. She, she yeah, she lived in the upper, you know, upper She's west doing side. It right, so, yeah. You know, she just. I think she came to me with three or four of them. And she says, I don't. You know, you can have these <laughs> if you want. So I did it, and she, it just wore. It, it, she after I got, it, I got great handprints. Yeah, Lancome's the best. Is it? <laughs> I'm the writing best. that down for all you yeah. people out there. Lancome. Yeah, I think I tell you the story. I think Wait, no, hold on. So you got the handprint and everything. Yeah, and I works. put it next to the window. And yeah. by the time I was done with the reading, it was totally okay. And I made so many of my handprints with lipstick. Oh my and God. it's the easiest thing in the world. So when people get readings from me, I just say, hey, go to a Kinko's or an Office Max and just put your hands on a, on a photocopy. And sometimes I just say, hey, just use lipstick because yeah. it washes off really quick. But most palmists, you know, we have files and just endless you know <laughs> you know handprints are everywhere yeah. so what was you the story? learn so much from them I, I, I imagine that you do <laughs> yeah so what was the story you're gonna tell me i didn't mean to cut you off i wanted to just oh well i just that. needed her handprint i mean yeah. there was so much there was so much you know delicious stuff in her there's hand. a lot going on there a lot going on yeah you know i started using lipstick at that point but we don't i don't keep a copy i mean i receive handprints every day in the mail i don't yeah. keep copies of them all 
Oh, you don't? No. 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 I, I just keep copies of things that I think are interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe a particular configuration or something. Uh, and also to teach that also. Mm. Because so much of palmistry is, is uh, trying to help people see a particular thing that in their hand that's different or original or maybe even unusual in their hand. Yeah. And and pointing that out, and then and that the our individual our, our individual um, talents is is what makes us successful. Right. So sometimes you just I may keep a handprint because I see some very special you know marking on there uh, to teach to teach with it or just yeah. to have it. Um, well, can I, let me ask you about a couple things that are different that are phenomena of the hand, and you tell me if they mean anything, sure. if you even deal with them at sure. all. So what about someone who has um, polydactyky, like through six fingers, like if you have more that than, or extra fingers? That, that, you know, actually, when I first came into contact with that was a baseball player um, in, the, in the early, not 1986 or 87, he had six fingers. Uh, he had an extra pinky, and mm -hmm. usually where you're you're going to find that is an extra pinky. Mm -hmm. I have seated on on an extra thumb. Whoa, I remember, cool. and this is <laughs> what also brought me to palmistry too. I remember the next door neighbor; they had two kids, and one of the kid has an extra thumb growing out of it. And I was always in like wonderment. branched out from the it thumb, actually come out, yeah. And he was four or five at mm. that point and I was I, I don't know I don't know if it actually brought me to palmistry or was an extra little door to bring me to palmistry but I always thought about this why does this kid have an extra thumb and interestingly enough they always said they were going to cut it off from him but I never thought saw that they did that but they they were telling me that they wanted to they were telling my parents that they wanted to cut it off I was like seven or eight they were in my next door neighbors yeah and um, they were saying and it had its own li a life of its own it could move on its own that's awesome. So they said that, that they should have had it cut off when he was a kid, but they waited, you know, a little baby, but they waited too long, and now what are they going to do? But every finger re represents a certain energy or power. For instance, Jupiter represents the power of leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the index finger represents mm -hmm. the power of leadership. This finger represents... He's holding his middle finger for those listening at home. Do <laughs> this, do that, do this, you yeah. know, leadership. But what, wherever I've seen the sixth finger, and I saw this on a baseball player, he was a, a New York Met at the time, um, and he had, he had you know, uh, two pinkies. And, and wherever you see extra anything in the hand shows extra power, wh whatever that requires, mm -hmm. whatever that means. So the pinky itself is the finger of communication. Mm. It's the finger of understanding human nature. It's the finger of psychology. It's also the finger of business to a lesser extent. But what the pinky represents in, in palmistry is communication. So anyone that has an extra pinky will be a very persuasive communicator. Hmm. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah, they'll always be on the telephone. Huh. And they, they usually have extra expertise in uh, communication skills okay. but any anytime you see something on the hand that's big or brings your attention to it there's more energy there hmm. a lack of that sometimes you'll see people who even through an accident or they were born that way a lack of a finger shows a lack of energy in hmm. that direction so if a person loses their finger that's not arbitrary that's the universe taking something away Oh. Yeah. Oh, and it, and it, even though the the roadmap is there, I mean, because if, if I burn off Los Angeles in a map, the Los Angeles doesn't disappear. Well, with it's the different finger, for a hand. With the, <laughs> okay. So the metaphor only goes so yeah, far. Yeah, exactly. What you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. One other thing, um, a, a guy that I work with, um, he has uh, he and in, in his family they have extra knuckles or extra or extra movement in the thumb. 
So the thumb actually looks like a like a like a finger that has three knuckles on it. Uh huh. And it's I mean it's like a, a um, like a that shows thing. an extra ability to get life handled. In oh, other really? words, yeah, it, it shows an extra uh, uh, a, 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 it shows an ability to be able to make things happen on a more material way. Okay. That this is not a person who just thinks all day and doesn't do anything. They're, it's a person who can actually come up with an idea and and make it happen. Oh. Yeah. Um, what about the bottom of the foot? There's a lot of lines. On I never foot. look at the feet, but having said that, I do know that all the lines and configurations on the feet deal with health, health primarily. Oh, so it's very specific yes. on the foot. Okay. Yeah, and I ha there are actually signs of spirituality on the foot. Okay. I have seen signs of people who are like yogis or devotees in India, both men and women, who are, let's say, advanced spiritually, and there are certain uh, signs or symbols, configurations that you'll see on their foot, such as, such as a flag or, or what we would uh, call, like a disc, uh, or I have seen um, things that look like, uh, like um, a club. Uh, there's four. There's four. If if there if a if a personality is very advanced spiritually, you'll see uh, four things represented on their 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 uh, feet. And it sounds really a little bit off the wall, but I've seen it. <laughs> there's a, a club, uh, like really? like kind of like a club. They call it the Buffalo Club in the old days. You know, just uh -huh. herd the cows and the buffalo. Sure. A disc, which is like a flaming disc. It's just like it's what we call a chakra, spinning disc. Uh -huh. um, a lotus flower and a a um, it's a disc a, a conch shell you know like really? a conch shell yeah, that people yeah, blow yeah. those four signs will be seen on uh, personalities both men and women who are spiritually advanced no kidding yes and i have seen them really yes do you have did you take prints of them no I didn't have the oh. uh, office max around me in India. Or any Lancome yeah. or any. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's pretty amazing. But it's not <clears throat> an unusual thing to know about this kind of stuff in India. So this stuff's common knowledge in... I wouldn't say it's common knowledge, but it's... A, it's and more accepted. It's more accepted, yes. Yes. And sometimes, occasionally, you'll see it on... I get, I get handprints all the time of people who say this person is you know, a spiritual personality and there's a certain configuration. 90% of the time it's not true. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but some of the time, some <laughs> occasionally it is. Yeah. Um, well, we're almost out of time, but I want to do a couple of things. Yes. Because we, we're going to do a quick little reading and I'm going to show it on my website. So we're going we're gonna to kind of show what you do if, um, and kind of see how you kind of do things and see what kind of, what, what, what my personality is. I'm going to reveal that. Uh, but do you have any predictions? I mean, getting to know me. That I won't hold you to. I'm just curious how, how intuitive you are. No, I don't. I don't You're not going to do that? I, I'm I'm, <laughs> I want to commit you to To be to honest with you, I have almost no intuition in real life until I look at a hand. Then, I go in, then I'm in, in reader's mode. No kidding. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm worse than right. anybody in the world at intuition. If, if, if I think I should go right, it's always the left. All right, I'll go. I'll let you. Yeah, get away I have with absolutely that. no intuition. Right, until I'll, I'll let you get away with that one. So, do, do, do you grab people when you meet when you meet people? Do you look at their hand like? Take I a used quick to all peek, the time. Like, yeah, I used to all the time. Peek? Yeah, I I, but not good. anymore. And that was just to like learn it. Yeah. But I. But people it. are always putting their hands in front of me anyway, so I don't have a choice <laughs> to be yeah. honest with you. Um, <laughs> well, so how can people get in touch with you? I mean, palmistryinstitute.com. Palmistryinstitute.com. Yeah. Or or yeah. 
That's do, do you have Twitter, Facebook? No. Do you have, uh, no. Is there other people there? Do you have a phone number you want to give out? 310-500-9463. People, operators are standing by. Vernon, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for uh, taking time out, thank man. Thank you. It's, it's been, been a pleasure. It's been absolutely educational. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a good night.